And we're back on the hunt with Supernatural Season 1, Episode 10, Asylum. I'm Chris Barrows. My name is Dan Cummins, and this is a good one, Chris. This is this is, this cracked my top three episodes so far in season one, and this is the mid-season finale. So, you know, we're halfway through our first season of this podcast, which is really exciting. It's it's crazy how quickly it it feels like it's gone. But uh, when we talk about it, I think we have to, as we you mentioned, the fact that it's a mid-season finale. This definitely, I think, falls into top episodes at this point in terms of where we're at uh, as i think we've hinted to certainly we'll recap the first season and cover all of our favorite episodes favorite moments in an individual episode for that but today we're talking about asylum asylum aired on november 22nd 2005 guy b directed it and the imdb rating is 8.5 so we're we're back up from bugs um yeah. back up to uh Above 8.0. And, and we will continue to hit some high scores for a, a little bit of a way here. I will say that. So that should not surprise anyone. Synopsis, though, Dan, we got while well, searching for lost college students within an abandoned sanitarium, tortured spirits from the building's past begin to haunt Dean and Sam, turning brother against brother. And it, it it's interesting that we talk about turning brother versus brother, knowing the episode that's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I it I don't I don't know that at the time I thought of that as foreshadowing, um, but it almost is a little bit of foreshadowing of just kind of getting at each other's nerves to that level that uh, you know we may need a break at some point here. Yeah, it's funny. I think later on in this series, the trope starts to become up. Oh, Sam's going to sacrifice himself for Dean again. Oh, Dean's going to sacrifice him for Sam. I sort of forgot in this earlier part of this series, it's actually kind of quite the opposite. They're not sacrificing each other. They're kind of really giving each other hell. I mean, yeah. I mean there's a fair bit of abuse that Sam gives Dean in this episode. Uh, not intentionally, of course, but uh, we're seeing a lot of that in this in this first season. And uh, it's kind of hard to watch. Well, there, there, you know, I think it is interesting as we talk about this episode, which takes place in rockford illinois which as your research has shown it's not a small town um and uh so there you go that but it is a real place seven and a half hour journey approximately is is what you calculated uh though most of this episode takes place at roosevelt hospital i mean pretty exclusively in in this in this kind of creepy asylum which which is a great trope i will say to, to go back to that idea of abandoned building and and really uh, just exploring what uh, plenty of stupid teenagers and college students have done. Um, and I'm one of them. I've been there. I I've, you have. Yes. I'm not inside a building because that's stupid. These things are falling apart. But I've I, I I will not indicate myself. But I know my buddies and I drove once on and left my buddy outside the car real quick outside in front of one and and grabbed him back in and drove away real quick. But um, there. Yeah. They, wow. I've been there. I've been there. I was going to ask you about that because, you know, that was kind of a popular thing to do, you know, and and actually, you know, we're, we're quite, uh, you know, 2005, we're in 2021 now when this was shot, that was definitely the thing to do, right? Halloween time, uh, we're East coaster. So Eastern state penitentiary, that would probably be the biggest one that people would know on the East coast. But I, there was a huge boom in, uh, you know, that, uh, what would you even call that? That, that, uh, that, well, there's that plenty, business. 
haunted tour business haunted tours um, yes i mean it still happens you could still go i think that what you just mentioned is actually a great one um it's yeah. a really good one but then there's other abandoned ones now i think a lot over time have been torn down and rebuilt into residential places and communities but um there was a lot more of these out there so this was a popular thing and probably not a story you're going to see as much now as you would have 20 years ago um yeah. i think that's fair to say but What's interesting about this is let's talk about a few things. First and foremost, the boys in this episode, they've been together. It's it's essentially confirmed for six months since Jess's death. So long time. We got a timeline here. Now, yep. we have not seen everything they've done as we're talking about these episodes. We've not seen everything they've ever done, but we know six months and there's been no signs of John until a random text um, comes in from unknown coordinates. So mm-hmm. um, and Sam is certainly kind of annoyed about this. Dean is still at this point defensive. So this is a critical piece of Sam versus Dean that's taking place. Dean's defending Sam's like, how can you be okay with this? Right. Yeah. I mean, we just came from uh, home, right. Where they just saw the apparition of their mother, right. They called John. They said, Hey man, where are you at dad? And this guy has the nerve, doesn't call them, doesn't text them in any capacity other than here are the coordinates for the next hunt. I mean, it's if you're Sam, you know, you empathize with him because, man, we just we just went through, you know, almost literal hell. We'll we'll get to hell in future seasons here. But, uh, yeah, John, you know, really vying for that worst father of the year award uh, with this move. But Dean's, you know, Dean is we have coordinates. He clearly wants us to do this job. Let's check out the coordinates and, and off we go. We're off to Rockford, Illinois. It is communication. It's a step forward, I guess. Fair. And look at it from if I guess if I had to look from Dean's perspective, well, he's talking to us. Yeah. He's acknowledging. But we are going to a violent spirit. This is the second time we're dealing with a violent spirit. Uh, we will later learn that it's Dr. Uh, Ellicott. Uh, yeah. But it's it's a violent spirit. So a violent spirit uh, is one just to remind people it, that is motivated by cruelty not vengeance or attention seeking it's it just is it's cruel that's all it is which is makes it scarier because that is in a way because i don't know what we dug into this last time but it's scary because you really don't have a sympathetic point to it there's no empathy that you can play to that particular monster it's no i'm just evil i mean that's what it is yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we we sort of dive into who this violent spirit, Dr. Ellicott in particular, why he sort of, you know, uh, moves into this afterlife. Uh, he, he wasn't the best dude. Um, you know, I think they say that he was testing on inmates, stuff of that nature. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get into you know, why and where uh, we actually, you know, see him uh, in this episode. But yeah, Violent Spirit. This one, though, Chris, really interesting, his powers and, you know, uh, the the consistency between Violent Spirits. You know, I think I think we'll have to keep track of this because this one in particular, he uses this weird um, energy, this blue, almost like electricity uh, looking energy to hypnotize people. You know, he can kill them with it. He can he can do a lot of things. Dr. Ellicott, this is the spirit we're talking about. Um, we haven't seen that yet. We haven't seen that before. I'm not sure, excuse me, if we can if we even see that after, but um, 
his his powers are are kind of sporadic. Well, he them. also can mimic voices, so we'll get to that in the plot point. But he can mimic voices. Yeah. And there's, by the way, just as a fun note, there's one other violent spirit in this season. So we will see that in a future. One more violent spirit in this. So they go back to this, and they go back to this throughout the show. Violent spirit is one we see a repeat of. So, you know, we're not always going to overanalyze what the violent spirit's all about, but I do think you're right. Their abilities are something we need to be mindful of. Um, we talk about this, though. I mean, talk about violent. The opening shot of this one is cops essentially going and checking out a place where some kids broke into. Yeah. Um, they, they get the kids, or go, they go back. You see something is clearly off with one of them because you see, as you noted, that kind of color, blue, blue color in mm-hmm. the eyes. And the guy goes home and kills his wife and then kills himself. And then supernatural pops. In. And it's a dark. I mean, they have this moment where you're waiting for the other guy to come out. Like what happened to him? And he comes out. It's like, no, I'm fine. Uh, and that's when you see it. it. And it's and the use of and I was thinking about this, the use of almost teasing ahead. Mm-hmm. The eyes or some other mean to show that something's wrong with this person has been done consistently, which when we get to the big, big bad yeah. in this season that we're truly going against, um, who Dean, Sam and his father are trying to get to. It's very clear because that bad guy has a name that we go by called the yellow eyed demon. So I just found it interesting that we see a lot of use of the eyes yeah. uh, throughout the entire season. Yeah, we're, we're starting to develop, uh, or at least we're starting to see the development of the, um, the consistencies in the monsters themselves, right? So we talked about um, a previous episode where they see a demon, and uh, the demon is, is not being uh, displayed in ways that we're used to. They have since evolved from that episode, and now we're starting to see the eyes really become a tell for, for these yeah. types of monsters. Um, that opening scene really gruesome. So the, the cop shoots his, his wife himself. So, so you know, <laughs> Sam and Dean have some, you know, uh, investigating to do. I thought it was really funny. They find the cop's partner in a bar, and they run this sort of, I'm not sure what to call it. It's not a good cop, bad cop routine, but essentially Dean is trying to get information from the partner his way. And then Sam pretends not to know Dean and takes sort of a, an easier going approach. And I really love that because we often don't see uh, the techniques that they use outside of pretending to be federal agents and, you know, pretending to be other uh, authority figures. But I thought this was really unique and playful and um, I'm really glad they chose that direction. It was I really don't, re- and I don't, I didn't remember that they took that but as I was going back. I was like, Oh, that's cool. That's different. Yeah. They didn't pretend to be law enforcement to talk to law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they're realizing we got to take a few different approaches sometimes. Uh, but he gets the info from, from he gets the info. Sam has no problem getting it. And Sam, of course, playing the nice guy in the long run, right? Like, no, I respect, like, you know, you're you're doing your job. And and Dean's just a jerk, you know, in, in that particular case. And then uh I, I love that Dean is kind of like, dude, that was like you really that hurt. And he's like, he's like, well, I've got to play the part. <laughs> yeah, method method acting is what I think he yeah. says, which is really hilarious. But that's not that's not the only place that they look for uh, information. Sam goes to uh, <laughs> therapy, uh, which I thought was really funny. They find the I think the grandson of Dr. Ellicott, the violent spirit. Um, he's a therapist. So Sam goes to him and pretends to need therapy. But really, he wants to get more dirt. 
And they have sort of a trade, which I thought was interesting. Ellicott, or, uh, yeah, I think the actual it is Ellicott. Yeah, is Ellicott. Yeah, he says, "Sam, I'll make you a deal. You tell me what's going on with you, and I'll give you some dirt on what's going on." And you have to think that Sam confessed a few things in that room. You know, it it kind of cuts off screen, but this is Sam's chance to actually talk to a third party about what the hell he's been up to for six months, and he holds well, back a little it. bit. Dean says it. He says, "What were you doing in there?" So we yeah. don't know how long. Right. But you get the sense he probably got some stuff off his chest, mm-hmm. which I'm sure was important for him. Uh, and I I would imagine drives some later decisions that he probably makes in the series, uh, at least in the first season, simply because he got a little bit of time to think about things. Uh, and it's a conversation he has with that's not Dean, which quite frankly, when you're in when you're with someone that much, mm-hmm. a break's not a bad thing. I mean, yeah. I say it as I say it as a married man, like there's a reason, you know, you go out and do something with friends or like you, you, you can't just talk to one person and only one person necessarily for, a, you know, a, six months, six yeah. months. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it takes a long, you know, it's nice to get a break. Right. And it's a long get, time. Nothing wrong with the, the, the road trip with the brother, but break's not a bad thing. Yeah. So they they do, though, figure out some information here. Uh, and that is that uh, the riot of 1964 was this blood bloodbath that resulted in the inmates killing and hiding bodies, including that of Dr. Ellicott. We know Dr. Ellicott. We get the sense of what's up with this Dr. Ellicott guy. Okay, he got killed. So you can go and to make a guess at that point. Okay, there's a haunting. You can easily think haunting. You're not saying jumping to violent spirit at that point. You don't know the experimentation stuff per se that said you know what they have to do and you know okay they're gonna go investigate and we spend the bulk of our time in this fantastic set that's dark um creepy i just love the idea of it it felt again i've made the reference for very x filesy because it's dark and they need flashlights to get around and you're not always it's not like Game of Thrones, Battle of Winterfell, dark, but you can see what's going on. But it's 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 great for the setting that we're looking at. But what's what I love about this is, of course, of course, there's a couple who is on the worst date ever in this (laughs) hospital. Yes. Yeah. Kat and Gavin. So they go uh, on a first date. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> can't help but laugh because later on in the episode, she goes, you know, if we survive this, you know, we're, we're over uh, no dates ever again, but they're looking around and actually they run into one of the spirits. Um, I can't recall. Is it Dr. Ellicott that they run into or is it, I, I believe it's someone else. I believe it's a different spirit. I believe it's one of the other spirits at that point. Um, right. And so, someone so could no, correct us if we're wrong, but I'm, I'm fairly sure that it's not the first thing that they see is not Ellicott. Um, right. So, so he hasn't made his appearance yet, but actually when, when Sam and, and Dean uh, find Kat first and then go looking for Gavin, Sam has, you know, Sam, of course, thank God, the smart one. He's starting to realize that these spirits aren't attacking them. Instead, they're being very quiet, almost like they're trying to get their attention. So eventually, Kat gets locked in a room with one of these spirits, and she's freaking out, banging on the door. Sam and Dean are outside, and you know, Sam goes, "Just, just, you have to face it. Just let this thing approach you. It's your only way out." And lo and behold, after geez, like fifteen seconds of silence, she walks out with another clue. The spirit leaned into her ear and said, "One thirty-seven." 
And so that leads into the third act. What the hell does that mean? Oh, let's go check out room 137. Which I liked a lot because it makes me think of, say, uh, you think of classic horror films, right? And I, we can always go to, you know, some of the ama- amazing movie scenes like Jack, um, Jack with the axe going, you know, busting a door down. But that it, when we go to something like a like one of these classic films, there very often is a room or a central location. So the idea that they are trying to help and say, no, like we're, we're stuck here. Like, we don't want to be here. There's something even more. We're we're here, but there's something more evil. You got to worry about that because we're not trying to keep you out of here. Um, and by the way, we should note the power to just lock the doors. That's another one of those things. I was like, okay, that's we've seen that before in a ghost, I guess. Or if you've seen it in a ghost story, like they can like shut a door. But like the fact that they just cannot get out of this building and they need to find a solution or they're, they're dead. Uh, that's that's scary uh, in that sense. So but it's also different. Again, I I think it's one of those ones where we got to, as you know, we got to keep track. What what different powers do we see from these different different uh, spirits of this type? Yeah, and so you know the the spirits that that cat had encountered, they seemed peaceful, right? But when Sam goes to uh, you know essentially let these two these two teenagers out of the hospital, it's locked. So Sam comes to the conclusion that yes, there are peaceful spirits here, but there's at least one really bad one. And so yes. they decide to split up. The teenage couple will not leave. I mean, they can't leave now at this point. It's locked. So they have to split up. And uh, so Dean goes one way. Sam goes the other. And Sam gets a phone call. And it's Dean. And he says, you know, I'm, I'm in the basement. Help me out. Sam goes to the basement. No, Dean. Another example of this spirit is able to reproduce voices, which is something that we haven't seen yet, uh, Chris. Demons, um, I, I believe, can do that in later seasons, but the spirits, t- to replicate that, but also to send a, f- uh, a phone call, that's that's interesting. It's something it's, I haven't seen in movies even prior to this. No, it's like using the, the electromagnetism connection or something along those lines, I guess, is how you can hypothesize the we want to call it science of it i guess yeah and 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 yeah and because of that you know sam goes down and when dean comes in it's like we're sam they're Uh-oh. like you called you, and you know in that moment when dean shows up and that's what one of the cool thing is because now you're waiting for the reveal to dean S- sam ultimately though is hypnotized by this go- ghost and you start to realize okay this dude was doing some crazy things mm-hmm and he was experimenting. And what is he up to? Yeah. And Sam starts saying, I mean, when he sees Dean mean, mean things about his relationship, how. Uh, and I think he sets up this idea, which we see of Dean many years, years down the road and many seasons down the road of uh, I, I, I back down to the finale of Dean is daddy's weapon, his blunt weapon. Right. Um, And we hear that there's a there's many moments when we hear Dean is his dad's blunt weapon or some of those lines. He kind of says something along those lines, not those exact words, but like you follow blindly. You're a fool. I mean, these aren't exact words, but it's that's the general idea is saying like, why? And it hurts Dean. You could tell it hurts. Uh, And Dean doesn't want to say those kind of things, but um he knows it's not Sam. He's like, this is not you. Cause you would not have said that out loud. Yeah. Like that's, that's kind of what's going through Dean's head. 
Yeah, yeah. He says he's a good little soldier. Uh, he's mindless. He's just taking orders. And, uh, you know, it, it's not Sam in, in one respect because he is hypnotized. I think that's that's the best word that we could come up with, with what the spirit is doing. Um, but certainly he's speaking from experience, right? Sam's not making this stuff up necessarily. So he is saying all these things. And of course, it hurts Dean's feelings because there's no way a spirit could make that up, right? Um, but regardless, so Dean knocks him out knocks Sam out and he goes to look for the doctor and he finds his body in a cabinet, which I thought was strange. Um, not as, you know, momentous as the rep the rest of the episode has been, has been going. I was expecting a big reveal. And actually, as we're rewatching this, I forgot sort of the ending to this one. I knew that they, they beat the doctor and, you know, they, they burn the bones and all that, but they find him in a cabinet and he puts up. He's sort like, of a it's fight. like, it, he's like hiding in fear from the, yeah. His, it's like he was not the he wasn't that scary in the end to the fact that they were able when they got out and rioted against him, he was hiding in a cabinet. I mean, that right. was his that was his his death, the you know, burning alive or what whatever in a cabinet. I mean Yeah. I mean it just goes to show that most bullies are cowards, right? So, you know, this doctor not doing great things as a doctor, the riot happens. He gets shoved in a locker. Maybe does he hide in the locker himself? We don't really know, but we don't get an answer to that. But you know, when it comes down to it, he's attacked, but they burn the body again, just in time. Uh, they get the job done. They know what they have to do. We're seeing that trend of the burning of the bones, but you're right. It is. I don't want to call it anticlimactic. It's a very good episode, but maybe it's, you know, it's, it, it is definitely. All right. He was hiding closet. All right, cool. Um, and, and then ultimately, that's the wrap on the monster. I mean, it's a, it's a tight finish and Sam kind of apologizes in a sense, like, you know, I said some things, you know, that wasn't me, but he knows I mean, they're, 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 they're aware. They're, they're not, the brother are not stupid about their back and forth. And again, Sam, you have to imagine he had this therapy session. He's probably thinking in that therapy session about some of the relationship issues he had with his brother because that's where he's going with it that's where the therapist was going and then they come out to me that was his real therapy was he got to say them mm. under this guise of hypnotize which or whatever we're calling it which he was which he was it's fair but he gets to get those things out and he knows he said them and part of him probably feels better for that yeah Wow, what a great breakdown I hadn't thought about it that way but definitely you would you would imagine he said all those things to the therapist that he said while hypnotized. Yeah, yeah. spot on. And yeah. uh, and Dean doesn't really want to talk about it. He kind of brushes it off like, it's okay, don't worry about it, let's hit the road. But we're starting to escalate to a point where, uh, as we talk about in the next episode, they start to kind of get sick of each other and need some space, probably for the better, um, but probably not. Yes. But the phone rings, middle of the night, and we hear, Dad? And there we go. I, 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 a great ending because you're like, all right, what's happening? It, oh, it's dad. What's going to happen? And uh, overall, great episode. Like I said, I again, finding the bones. Maybe there's other ways. But as I think about it, that idea, still the idea that Sam, that storyline that Sam gets his therapy in multiple ways in this, mm -hmm. uh, pretty important. Um, and we start to learn more and more about Sam throughout this season and just what Sam really is which is much more than he ever knew uh and just wait till we get to 
more and more backstory behind that in later, later seasons, but we ain't there yet. We do want to make note of references, Dan, though. So a few things, uh, at one point Dean says, I'm, I'm Nigel Tufnell from the Chicago Tribune, but Nigel is actually the lead guitarist of Spinal Tap. So, <laughs> you know, so, so good. Uh, there's a reference. Sixth Sense, Dean at one point says, let me know if you see any dead people, Haley Joel. Uh, so if you haven't seen the Sixth Sense, there you go. Yeah. And there's a Ghost Whisperer reference, which I have not seen. Uh, but hey, Sam, who do you think is a hotter psychic? Patricia Arquette, Jennifer Love, Hewitt, or you? Uh, which is just a great line. Uh, just a really great line. Um, and then haunting references to note. Amityville Horror is referenced and Smurl Haunting, which I was less familiar with, but but blew my mind. The Smurl Haunting is this clean by Jack and Janet Smurl of West Piston, Pennsylvania, which is not far from Scranton, Pennsylvania, where I spent nine years of my life. And it's they alleged that a demon inhabited their home between 74 and 89. So now I know something that I never knew about an area I was in. So there you go. Wow. If only you had known uh, back then, you could have, uh, I don't know, yes. visited. Is that a thing? Is it a, is it a public I, place now? I, I don't know. Oh, 19, no? I don't know about that. So, <laughs> but I will tell you my favorite from this one still is um, cat says, Hey, do you guys, how do you guys know about all this ghost stuff? Sam says it's kind of our job. Cat says, why would anyone want a job like that? Sam, I kind of have a, I, he said, I had a crappy guidance counselor and I so just, funny. I don't know. I just, him having a little humor. He's not always the humorous one. So I thought that was nice. Yeah. And, and, and another hint back at therapy, you know, maybe yeah. that was still on his mind that he had. Uh, <laughs> it, it, that Again, it, there are actually a lot of references to that therapy portion. So I think that's fascinating. I didn't even think about that one. The fact yeah. that that line. Yeah. Okay. I didn't have a lot of guidance. My dad wasn't that great at guiding me. I didn't have real school. I mean, there's a lot of things deep and buried there. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a depressing throwaway joke because uh, I think he means it more than maybe we're reading into, um, but it's there nonetheless. A few other things, Chris. This is sort of uh, sort of uh, introductions to lore in the rest of the show that I picked up. So Iron, this is the first time Iron is established as a deterrent against spirits. First time, if you could, if you could actually believe that. We're so far into the first season that they started to make that rule. Um, flashlight batteries. Have we seen that so far? Flashlight batteries dying in front of spirits. I don't know that we have. I don't know. And the, I didn't even think about the lead thing. So that's fantastic. I did not yeah. even think about that. And then the other thing, nosebleeds, a uh, common sign of, of being, you know, uh, not possessed because they weren't possessed necessarily, but maybe under control of a spirit. Right. Uh, and then, and then Sam using a camcorder. I'm not really sure why he did that this episode. I don't know if it makes it easier to see the spirits maybe in the dark, but well, I that was technically the night vision, if you think about any any old video, it, it, it is something um, mm. that you've seen and you've seen in like ghost hunting shows. So all right. things we're seeing for the first time, though. Yeah, um, very cool. And I may have stolen a little bit from because I now actually am realized one of your favorites quote was the Sixth Sense reference. So yeah. I got to apologize for that one. <laughs> it's great because, you know, he's teasing Sam about his uh, his abilities, which have kind of taken a pause, right? That's the one part of the brother's narrative that has kind of stalled a little bit. We haven't really seen any uptick in that, but boy, will we? That's coming yeah, up. We will. But you know what? We have covered a lot in this episode. We will be back to discuss a fantastic episode one I love, probably my second favorite to this point, to be honest. Wow, really? 
I love this episode. I do not know why. I cannot explain it. I love this episode. Scarecrow. I, it, it's just, it's an episode that I remembered. And that to me made it stand huh. out when I rewatched it. I remembered it. Not every detail, but I remembered this idea of this scarecrow, creepy scarecrow in the middle of like, I don't know, there was something about that. Um, so I, I I loved it. So that's what we're going to be talking about in the next episode. We hope you'll continue along with us. Uh, if you check the show notes, by the way, I put a link in that if you use, you can actually share your thoughts with us. Uh, we record these in batches, so they may come up in a future episode. Uh, your thoughts on your rewatch. Uh, if you're enjoying the rewatch, please go ahead. Give us a like, a subscribe on your favorite channels where you listen to podcasts and we hope you will share them with your fellow supernatural fans over on reddit twitter facebook all those great places so we want to keep doing this and having a great time and and hopefully breaking down more of these stories more of these monsters and more of these just fun observations so so dan i will say that's it for this week but we'll be back because after all we've got work to do Oh, 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 oh,